Hello and welcome everyone to episode 20 of the Pointy Flatcast. I am your host, Ducky O'Brien. And today we're going to go over a simple topic. How do you decide what your branding should be like? That's right, it can be anything from your name to your logo to your color palette. I'm going to skip all that and go straight to the name. So a lot of people struggle with what their brand should be called. The simple answer is it doesn't matter. That's right, you can name it whatever the heck you want. But the important thing that does matter is how saturated your branding is. It's very easy to check. Just go to Google and Google what you were going to call your brand. So for me, obviously, I have Pointy Hatcast and then I have Ducky O'Brien. The Pointy Hatcast is my umbrella for everything else. So my content creation podcast would be Pointy Flatcast. My TV podcast will be Pointy Vcast. But all of that links back to Pointy Hatcast. And then also Ducky O'Brien. And if I Google those, uh, most of the first up to maybe second, third page results going to be re- content related to me. So I've got the market cornered on that. Uh, honestly, you can name yourself whatever the heck you want as long as it's not saturated. And another reason why is you can get the URL <laughs> or the handles on social media. That isn't as important. But what's more important is that, A, is it saturated for search results? And if it's not, then you can use that. Second thing is, once you have your branding decided, you have to go out there and make sure that everything links back to you. So what I do is for Ducky O'Brien, when I release my YouTube videos, I make sure I hashtag it with Ducky O'Brien, or I could put Ducky O'Brien in the description. When I make podcasts, I make sure I put Ducky O'Brien in there somewhere. When I have websites, my blog is called duckyobrien.com. <laughs> and then my my author name is Ducky O'Brien. Anywhere that I make content, I try to put Ducky O'Brien in there uh, simply because when someone becomes a fan of mine or wants to follow me, they just have to type in Ducky O'Brien and then they'll find all of my content or at least they'll see most of it uh, and they'll see the wide variety of content that I've been creating, not just video game related stuff. Same thing for Pointy Hatcast. When they type it in, I have my YouTube videos coming up. I have some very early ones. The first ones that I posted on my gaming channel, which I don't do anymore. I post it on my podcast channel. And those come up now in search results. When I type in Pointy Hatcast, you know, I make sure I hashtag videos with it. I type in that for my podcast descriptions and whatnot. I try to do this every time I can. My blog is called PointyHatcast.com. And then when I have social media posts, I always hashtag either Ducky O'Brien or uh, Pointy Hatcast. In fact, when you search for Ducky O'Brien, even my TikTok account comes up. So it's kind of crazy how that works out. But yes, I do have a TikTok. I don't post garbage content, all right? I just post shorter versions of my videos for video game stuff or meme-related stuff on, on TikTok uh, to get a bit more exposure there. But mostly... Even if you don't get views, it's not necessarily for exposure. When you're first starting out and you have no presence at all, no brand presence at all, you're building your brand presence. You're slowly saturating the search results for your branding to refer back to you. Uh, This is really important because when you do get big or when you start to get a little bit more traffic, 
more people are going to be interested. They might not remember your name or your branding, so they might type it into Google. And when they do, you better show up. That means you, you got to have content that you've been posting regularly that refers back to you on all the platforms. That's why this tip kind of ties in with the previous episodes where I go over uh, the importance of using all the available platforms, or diversifying all of that, because when you're making content everywhere, it doesn't have to be all the time or regularly, just every once in a while is good too, is that you'll show up. They might search you on Facebook. Guess what? You better be on Facebook then. <laughs> you don't have to post there all the time. Again, the name itself is not really important. It really isn't. If you don't believe me, you can look at the top YouTubers, top Twitch streamers. Uh, their names aren't really uh, significant in any way. People know them because they know that person and they have that name. That's why that name has power. That branding has power. So don't worry about what you're going to call yourself. You can be anything. <laughs> as long as it's not looked down upon, you're going to have an easier time, obviously. But again, the name isn't important. The important thing is how saturated are the search results for that name. That's it. Uh, that's why a lot of people who are famous, they have name, a lot of silly names or like, it might seem a little awkward or weird, and you ask them the history behind it. They just—it was just something silly or stupid they come up came up with when they were young. They just kept using it because they didn't want to make a new one, and now it's they're stuck with it. So again, you don't have to think too hard about this, guys. Just use, just use what you what you have, what you have available, and just make sure it's not oversaturated. For example, if you have something uh, a nickname that's really close to someone who's already famous. You might want to avoid that, okay? You can't call yourself Keanu Reeves and expect good things to happen. When they look up Keanu Reeves, they better see Keanu Reeves or they're going to be turned off immediately. So yeah, that's it. So some easy ways to do this because it takes a lot of work and you don't want to do a lot of work. Your time is precious. Is that I just repackage my content. This is also uh, related to a previous episode of the concept of having a pillar content, pillar piece of content, and repackaging that on different platforms. I'll give a very easy example. I made a YouTube video on Temtem because I really like Temtem. Uh, Temtem is a Pokemon-like game for those of you who don't know. It's on PC and early access right now. And uh, my friend Whoop-de-doo got it for me, so I've been playing the heck out of that. I wish I had more time to play it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's exactly like Pokemon, but better in a lot of ways. I'm, I'm very surprised. They modernized Pokemon, and I hope they keep modernizing it and stepping away from the formula uh, that was holding back Pokemon for so long. There's parts of the formula that are awesome and amazing, and I wouldn't change that, but there's a lot of like tedious stuff around it. Anyways, before we go into that, uh, I mean, I shouldn't go into that. <laughs> this podcast is going to go long. Alright, I'm playing the game. I really like it. I'm enjoying it. So what do I do? I make content out of it. I stream the game and I look at it and I'm like, yes, I think this is worth streaming because it's been selling really well on Steam. It's been a top seller for like a week. That means the audience is going to be huge for this game and all the big streamers streaming it. Guess what? They're already stopping. They're Fairweather fans. I don't blame them because when you're that big, you got to keep finding new games to stream and whatnot, keep things interesting. They don't want to stick to one game. They have the luxury. They can afford it. But I looked at it. And I'm like, you know what? 
this is a game that I could play for a really long time. I could dedicate myself to. So, you know, might as well start now. You know, that, there's a Twitch aspect. The YouTube aspect was very simple. If I make a playthrough or whatnot, it's not going to matter. No one's going to care. No one knows who I am. Again, playthroughs are kind of the hardest thing to do on YouTube without an audience. So I'm going to make guides because there's a lot of people that need help on this uh, on this game and certain aspects. So I made a guide on how to get the surfboard because there's a lot of newcomers who are like, how the heck do I get a surfboard? Very simple. I, I write a script first. I make sure that it's pretty good. There's no fluff in it or at least as much to the point as, as I can make it. Sometimes I go too much into detail and that's my kind of my flaw. But the good thing is if you have a script, you're not going to go over your time limit or whatever you have allotted for that video. But anyways, you know, that's what the people who watch me like short, concise videos that go pretty deep. So I made that. And then what I do is since I have the script, I can post it on my blog. It's that simple. Copy, paste, control V, control C, control V, done. And then I have to rephrase some parts. Uh, like for instance, if I have a section in a video referring to video or something else, can't do that. Well, I could, but it's not going to play well in the format. I had put the YouTube video on top at the header underneath the title. And then I take screenshots of the videos and I put them in in appropriate places. So visually people can see the information. There you have it. So now I have my blog. I have the YouTube video in that blog. And then I link my blog on Facebook and Twitter. I write like a short quip saying, hey, uh, you get the surfboard by finding Sophia. After you defeat her, you can get the surfboard and you defeat Sophia by beating Lady Lati on top of the Windward Fort. If you want more details, check out this article. And I put it on Facebook. And I put it on Twitter. And guess what? It works. Because <laughs> uh, when people search for that stuff, you know, you come up. For that guide, it didn't get a lot of hits, but the base stats, SV, and TV stats guide uh, got a fair amount of hits. I actually got six hits from Twitter, and then I got about a handful on Facebook. And here's the crappy thing about Facebook. Just a side, side rant here. Facebook lies to you. They're infometrics. They're metrics. It's just a lie. <laughs> so here's why. So... I check my metrics and they're like, oh, you got like one person came to your page this week or you got three views and one engagement. That's bullcrap. I know that I had at least uh, 10 people click on my blog article on how Facebook is a black hole for content creation because I can check WordPress and it'll tell me the traffic came from Facebook. So I know people are finding it. And it's pretty crazy. It's all over the world. Like I got Japan, I got Brazil, the Philippines. I don't know why my thing is showing up to people around the world, but they're clicking on it because they're interested. But yeah, Facebook is lying to you. <laughs> they want you to spend money on ads. That's how it works. Anyways, we can go into like a whole argument as to why Facebook is terrible. It's like a flat structure where every piece of content is weighed equally. That can work to your advantage. But basically what that means, practically speaking, is that it doesn't matter how big you are, or how big of a following you, need, you have, uh, you need to spend money on ads. That's, that's just the bottom line. But anyways, as you can see, I'm getting traffic to my pieces of content that I'm making. 
but there's an added bonus where that's another entry into a search engine with my branding on it. So anytime people search for something, I'm going to show up. If they search for me, I'm going to show up. If they search for a certain game, I'm going to show up. Like if people search for Astroneer, they're going to get a lot of Z1, Roselli, all those big guys. But I'm going to show up too. <laughs> and I really don't like it when, and when YouTube kind of pushes people who are already partnered. They give them a higher priority. So that's why as a smaller content creator, you have to rely on other, other ways to do this. Blogging is great. Twitter, Facebook. You're going to get trickle-in traffic from those platforms, but everything adds up. But yeah, there you have it. Like, it doesn't matter. You just have to check for one important thing. Is it oversaturated or not? If it's not, go for it. <laughs> That's honestly the only thing that matters. I think Markiplier thought about his branding when he made his name. No, he didn't, but most people know who Markiplier is. If you, I'm mostly younger folks, obviously, but like, there's power in that branding because he oversaturated the market on that branding. And once he got a following, Markiplier is Markiplier. There's no two Markipliers. But yeah, you got to start early uh, because other people might have the same name or they might even try to steal traffic from you. So I have another guy on YouTube who use, who's using the name Archivers. And I was like, oh, this is so bogus. <laughs> this is bogus. I am the Archivers. You know how long I've been using that name? But anyways, there you have it. Hope this helps. This is a very simple tip, but if you put it into practice, it will pay off so much. A year down the line, maybe two years, maybe three, it's slow and you might not see direct results or benefits from it, but it's going to pay off so much when you get a little bit of traffic going and people start looking you up or start referring you by word of mouth or anything, it's going to make you easy to be found. You're making your own discoverability because these platforms won't do it for you. And basically how you do that is just make sure you make content, repackage it on all the other platforms because that doesn't take a lot of effort, but you still have to understand those platforms and make sure that your branding is somewhere in the description and the hashtags, wherever you can put it, and they'll link it back to you. You don't even have to have the same name for all the platforms. You just have to have your branding somewhere in those platforms, in the content that you're making. And then you will oversaturate the market to your benefit so that people can't miss you. All right, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for dropping by. I hope this helps someone. I don't know who's listening, but if you got any questions, please feel free to email me at pointyhackcast at gmail.com. Make sure to put pointy flatcast in the subject, or you can email me directly at pointyflatcast at gmail.com. Going forward, for I'm going to make two more podcasts because I'm crazy, but I love podcasting. And I'm just going to keep the same email, pointyhatcast at gmail.com. And I'm just going to ask people to put the title of the podcast in the subject so that I can reply in the proper podcast. Yeah, I think that's easier for me. <laughs> It makes sense. Also, that unified branding kind of thing, it, it works out. Anyways, there you have it. I'm here to help you guys out. Uh, if you got any questions for me, uh, I'll reply as honestly as I can. I'm just here to share what I've been learning. Hopefully, it helps someone. 
Uh, if you guys have better tips, please feel free to let me know. I would love to try it out. I'm always learning, trying out new things. Even recording this podcast, I'm going to end with this hot tip here. I tried out something new. So I used Audacity to record. And what I did was I turned on metering. And then I lowered the mic sensitivity until the noise did not show up at all. And then I have to record, but I have to talk into the microphone. You got to make sure you're projecting your voice into the microphone. You can't be talking around it or look away. Basically, you get like a signal the max of around, I would say minus uh, maybe 15 decibels or something. And then I put it into Vegas because I am more comfortable using Vegas. I use a compressor. I learned how to use it. There's a lot of tutorials out there. If you want me to go over that, let me know. You want it to trigger around when your voice kind of goes over your lowest point and starts kind of peaking a little bit. There's a noticeable difference in the volume so you want the compressor to activate then there's like no set number you can use you have to look at your wave file and see for yourself all right <laughs> this is like a feel thing and then you know you kind of decrease it the compressor will kind of flatten your sound file in terms of volume so that you know it sounds even and then i use the equalizer i use a high pass filter cut off those really low frequencies and then a, a teeny high shelf around the 12k range to kind of boost the high end a little bit and then what you do is you take you create like a a little point and then you move it around as you have the sound playing and kind of detect the nasally sound and then you want to dip that down about like minus two decibels maybe minus four it'll remove that and then the end result is an audio file where it sounds really clean and sticks out you won't notice it as much if you're listening to it by itself, but if you, let's say, put it over music or something, instrumentals, you'll start to notice that, hey, it's more noticeable. It's more clearly defined. I mean, it can't help if your source is bad or, um, you know, your conditions, your recording conditions are bad and there's a lot of noise or your microphone isn't as good. It can't fix those problems, but it can definitely help your voice stand out a little bit more. But yeah, also cheap trick i use a noise gate i know it's looked down upon on professionals but it works for me because i know that i'm speaking the lowest my voice goes is above a certain level but the noise is below that quite a bit so i just have a noise gate and that cuts off all the background noise all the breathing or whatnot again you gotta be careful and listen to your audio file i listen to the entire audio file when i edit my podcast i listen to the whole thing so that I know if the noise gate is going to accidentally cut off or clip off parts when I'm talking, I manually remove it from that section, and then I add in the volume, and I boost it a little bit. That takes a lot of time and effort. <laughs> I don't think people realize how much time and effort I put into editing my podcast. Uh, so hopefully they sound uh, okay, acceptable. Anyways, I can go into a whole episode about doing sound editing. I'm not good. I'm just... You know, I'm getting a little bit better day by day. But yeah, there you have it. Hope that helps someone. Anyways, thank you once again for dropping by and listening. I really do appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like for me to cover, please don't be shy. You can drop me a comment on my blog where I post the transcript. Not a transcript, but a written form. This podcast, I don't have a script for. I just go off the top of my head or 
Just shoot me an email, pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Please remember to put pointy flatcast in the subject. And there you have it, folks. Or you can reach me on Twitter if you want. <laughs> uh, I guess I can put my Twitter handle in the description. Anyways, genuinely think, thankful for uh, people listening. If there's any way I can, I can uh, give back, please let me know. I would love to show my appreciation somehow. I'm going to end there. Uh, this has been episode something. I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> Anyways, this has been the Pointy Flatcast. I am your host, Ducky O'Brien. I'm signing off. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>